Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello. Firstly, we're going to take a look at uh, some of the news from the week and later on I'll be speaking to Jerry Scott. We're going to be looking a little bit more in depth at the some of the grassroots movements around the Tory party. They're trying to replicate momentum. Uh, we will crown our Brexiteer of the week as always and we've also we asked you what your Brexit movies would be. So we'll, we'll get to that towards the end. But first, Steve the news and um, some concrete progress you'll be glad to hear on the negotiations. Yes, concrete progress. Is that, I think that's probably how Jimmy Hoffa defined, he said there was concrete progress as they were burying him under the that American <laughs> football stadium or, the, or the, the freeway or wherever Jimmy Hoffa is actually buried. David Davis has said that there has been concrete progress uh, in, the, in our negotiations with the, uh, with the EU. Um, did, yeah. did Michel Barnier say there'd been concrete progress? He didn't, but I imagine that Mr Barnier was um, among uh, many of us who, who chortled at that, including, of course, the whole house. It wasn't just Labour no, mentioned either. No. Was, there was laughter. He, brought, he, did, he <laughs> brought the house down. He did. He did indeed. Um, it, it's a strange one, and we spoke about it before. I mean, he said concrete progress before. He said it about 10 days ago. He I did. Think. But... Just keep repeating it, and people will believe you. Seems to be the the idea that yeah. he's going for, but there hasn't been concrete progress, has there? Quite no, clearly, there hasn't. No, and and the concrete progress that he talked about when well, we're doing it now. It's like Brexit means Brexit, isn't it? That one, <laughs> that one works out well. Um, the concrete progress that he talked about on Andrew Marr at the weekend was stuff like. E-hick cards and something yes. about pensions, but obviously no details of this. I like the e-hick cards. He said in the house yesterday. He said, "Now that is really, really is a very, very important issue for a lot of people." Like he was really trying to sell it to us. He was, but not many people have probably heard of an e-hick card. No, um, no. I mean, you've, you've heard of them if you send your kids away on their school trips with one, haven't you? Or if you pack them when you go to to um, to Spain on your on your Jollies, but it's not one of the central themes. It's not one of the three <laughs> things that the that the, the EU was saying we need definitive so progress. On. We've got concrete progress on a very minor issue. Uh, yeah, is what I think he meant by. Uh, it was also not really clear, was it, whether it was he'd, the e-hit cards deal had been sewn up for everyone who went to Europe on holiday, yeah. and Europeans who came to the UK on holiday, or whether it was for people who were actually working in the EU. That's what it kind of sounded like. So right, it, yeah. it's not even 
you know, let's 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 be generous and say he's managed to pull off this incredible coup on E. Hick cards. Round of applause for Mr. Davis. He didn't do so well in the rest of it, though, did he? When, especially when he said no one ever pretended this would be simple or easy. <laughs> How did that go down for him? Did, did you think, did, Keir Starmer's little face when he said that must have. I mean. It was it was a great performance by Keir Starmer. I thought he absolutely eviscerated David. Keir, Keir is a, a, a becoming a very serious politician, isn't he? Well, he always was, but I mean, he's becoming a, a, a bit of a force. And of course, Labour have uh, also said that they will vote against the repeal bill, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Um, but I think the important bit is that this is very it's very early for for this sort of th- for for a, a lot of amendments to be coming in, and it's very early for divisions like this. And uh, this is obviously a very divisive bill. Yes. And at the beginning of the week. Um, we had the whips being very aggressive towards some Tory remainers and saying that um, you know if you were to if you were to ruin this bill, then it would be allowing Corbyn into number ten. They've said that before as well, haven't they? Yeah. And that didn't work out too well for them then. No, um, but it wouldn't be, would it? Because in a vote of confidence, they would them and the DUP would just line up. So it, it wouldn't be. So it's a stupid thing to say. It is stupid, and it made them look very stupid. Yes. I think Anna Subri actually made a good point when she said this macho, bullish yeah, yeah. way of, of, of governing has got to stop. But she also said, I'm not going to vote against it, and I don't know any Tories who will. I, I think she's probably right. I don't think any Tories will, because it will get to committee stage and report stage, and that's when the serious amendments are more normally made on bills. Yes. Um, and I think obviously Labour are trying to trying to wreck it, and that's um, to be applauded as far as we're concerned, um, along with the Lib Dems. Um, but is this a, a paranoia coming out of Number Ten to be so hard on the uh, Remainers? So, so no one is going to vote against this, are they? At least not at, at this stage. No. And um, you know, is this part of the narrative of Theresa May is regaining the momentum, and she has faced down yes. the. the you know the remainers in her own party, and she's emerged triumphant. And it does feel like that. it does, doesn't it? Because the other, because it is, as we've said, it is plainly stupid to, yes. to to say that. And the talk of, oh, we're going to have to reach out to people like um, uh, Kate Howey, uh, is is just crazy. You're not going to need Kate. I mean, Kate Howey's probably going to vote for it anyway. Yes, I would have thought so. A reboot of Theresa May. So t- Theresa May rebooting. It's not going to work, is it? Because the general election has taken all her power away from her. You can re—I guess you can reboot a Vic Twenty, can't you, or or, or, a, or a 48k Spectrum? But it's not really going to provide you with the enormous computing power to cope with to cope with um, a, a, something like Brexit. Now, I mean, Theresa May there compared to a, a 48k Spectrum. Yeah, those were the ones that had the separate cassette. Decks, weren't they? they That's weren't right. Those, yeah, yeah, they were really good. They yeah, were yeah, good. they yeah. were great. The golden age of piracy, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, I mean, it was yeah, tremendous. Absolutely. Um, leaked immigration papers. What do you think about that? Um, again, it came at quite a good time for Theresa May, didn't it? You suspected that that might have been. It didn't really show any kind of shift in uh, in in policy. It looked like this is. It was the work of. Theresa May rather than um, Amber Rudd yeah. um, and I think the Tories sort of indicated that it didn't, I mean it was a, it was a fairly hard Brexit hard line uh, view wasn't it um, this of, is Theresa May's obsession though isn't it yes. with this, we get in these figures and we spoke about it before she's completely obsessed with this tens of thousands figure Yes. it's never going to happen Yes. 
we well, hope. Well, I don't. Well. Th- I, I don't really think it will. No, but no, I don't. I, I don't really think it will. But in some of the, in many of the leave areas, in many of the labour leave areas, immigration continues to play very well. You only have to look at the the, the reports in the, the report in the New European that we had from Clacton the other day. There's yep. a uh, there was a report from Staines that I read the other day. There was one from. Uh, Folkestone, I think, or Dover in Kent, uh, and, and immigration there is, is still a big issue. Though, as we know, those a lot of those areas are not really directly affected that much by immigration. Kent being a, being an obvious exception to that. Yeah, I mean, it was. I thought it was a really depressing document. It was a, again a document uh, which I, I know I noticed that our version of the story. Uh, on the New European website when it was posted to Facebook. The first comment was from uh, an EU national who who went, this is one of the many reasons that I want to leave Britain. And I suppose Theresa May and Nigel Farage would look at that and say, job done, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. It it was depressing reading. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it will be changed. I'm sure Amber Rudd is, is, is a more, you know, a more sensible figure. I hope, I hope so. Yeah. Um, Going back, uh, not directly on Brexit, but going back to the repeal bill, Henry VIII powers, uh, Henry VIII powers, are, um, are, are, have been discussed on numerous occasions this week. Now, basically, what that means is that ministers can change what was EU law and will become UK law without having to put it back through Parliament. So there's no yes. parliamentary scrutiny. Um, there isn't necessarily a need for a vote. It's a uh, it, it's a way of it's executive powers basically it's very you know it, and it, right. and there is a lot of concern that ministers both in the near future and even perhaps even more scarily in the dystopian future that awaits us yeah. with Jacob Rees-Mogg at the helm um, could could do things that are really quite dangerous. Do you think that there is any chance of um, stopping this or getting amendments in now to stop it because it's also kind of needed because the amount of stuff that's going to need to change and be taken into UK law. Is there a you know is there a one time only use amendment that, that <laughs> might that might work? I don't oh, know. But then they'd waste it on something, wouldn't they? I would definitely. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what, oh, like one wish. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean that you can use that. You can have these powers to pass this the Great Repeal Act or whatever to introduce this, but you can't. It then expires and you have to do it. I, I don't know. Thursday afternoon, everyone needs to speak in an accent different from their own. Yeah, w- a Walloon accent. Yes, well, we'll get we'll, back we'll to that. We'll come to Walloon later. We'll get back to that. Very um, exciting news. That is exciting news. Um, um, to come later. Does I like the idea of Henry Eighth powers. Yes. If you can have all those wives. Well, is that why Boris Johnson is coming <laughs> Could, could that be the reason for it? Mrs. Johnson, you're in danger. And all, yes, that's right, yeah. Leave. And uh, leave now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you see any large pieces of wood strewn in the... To Boris, pick them up. Wheeling we, we, a guillotine down all exactly, the way around. Yeah. Um, or I would like Henry VIII powers if they were to dress up like um, Sid James did in Carry On Henry and say <laughs> things like... You don't need the power. You, I, I, the listener can't see you, Steve, but you are dressed in the I am, no, my, my, with full doublet and hose, and say things like, <laughs> is she is she chased? Yes, she's been chased all over Normandy. <laughs> Tremendous. That, those are the kind of Henry VIII powers I, I will accept and no others. 
from uh, one joker to another, except his jokes aren't funny. Jacob Rees-Mogg oh. um, has. Uh, well, I mean, we knew this. We knew that he was despicable. Yeah. Even if he comes across as mildly amusing, I'm not sure that the wider public perhaps did. They saw him as a sort of funny, old-fashioned chap. But he was on Good Morning Britain, and he said that he opposed gay marriage, and he opposed abortion under any he was, circumstances. And he was only doing the fitness with Lorraine at the time, so that's, <laughs> you know, he was just cooking. Oh, by the way, I don't like them gays. Um, um, interestingly, because we have both pondered and worried about Jacob Rees-Mogg's um, popularity over the summer, one online betting firm immediately slashed his odds of being the next Prime Minister to 40 to 1. Right. Um, and next leader, where he'd been favourite, I think, uh, before those comments, he was now down to 33 to 1. Oh, he's, he's, uh, his odds are going down, right. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good news, isn't it? So um, It's not really news, though, is it, this? It's not. As, as we say. No, it's not. For, for people who've maybe kept a close eye on Jacob Rees-Mogg, it's not news. But for, for the more general public who perhaps weren't that aware of him up until sort of seven, eight weeks ago. Maybe it is, and maybe that is the end for Jacob Rees-Mogg's uh, attempt at leadership, although he refused to rule it out. He did. I think I, I think we can probably <laughs> rule it out for him now. Um, yes. in a, in a, well, I, hope, I certainly hope so. But look, he's, he's, look at his voting <laughs> record. 17 yeah. votes in favour of the bedroom tax. Mm. Seven votes against gay rights, 12 votes against measures to prevent climate change, and 52 votes for welfare cuts. Yeah. But the thing about abortion and the thing about gay marriage, and, you know, look, we, we said exactly, I said exactly this about Tim Farron, other people might disagree, is, you know, I'm sure Jacob Rees-Mogg is coming at this... All right, he's coming at it from his weird alt-rightness or his right-wingness, but he's also coming at it from his religious beliefs, which is fine. It's fine to have those religious beliefs, and, and uh, you know, I disagree with him, but I accept that because of his religious beliefs, he he might believe that. But I think it completely disqualifies you from being able to be prime minister of of Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's I think that's fine. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, in his mind, he, he will just carry on. Yes, he will. He will. But hopefully that is the end of that. That was the news. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One. Or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry Scott. Hi, Jerry. Hiya. We are going to do one of my favourite things, which is pointing and laughing at young Tories. <laughs> is that right? That's not true, actually. I've had lots of fun times with the young Tories at conference and look forward to doing so in a few weeks' time. But, Jerry, tell us a little bit about what's been dubbed the Tory momentum. To give you a bit of context, so this is all about Activate and it's not kind of new news that the Tories have a bit of a problem with their youth movements. Conservative Futures, um, if you remember them, they were uh, suspended kind of in yeah. 2015, if yeah. you remember the whole thing with Mark Clark and sad, um, yeah. it was really sad. Elliot Johnson, who was a young Tory activist, who um, he was only 21 and he took his own life um, and he named Mark Clark in his suicide note and... After all that came all these horrible accusations of bullying, 
and after that you know um cchq kind of put a stop to all of this um but it's uh so it's no real surprise that since 20 what 15 the conservatives haven't been kind of chomping at the bit to get a big old youth movement going again but Mm. then you had momentum yes you had the snap election and you had momentum's impact and i don't really think you can underplay what momentum did for labor and the youth vote um i've said before how it was absolutely mad the way that momentum used technology yes and how that hadn't already been used like that yes when it's 2017 i don't think that i don't think that politicians and campaigns in this country learned very much from the obama campaign absolutely uh, of uh, 2008 was um, it that long ago? I guess oh it God! It was. I know. I was just trying to scan back. Well, just but... think of how those change posters, how they set the internet on fire. Yeah. Like you're completely right that no one in this country learned it from took, it. It took a real change in in one of the parties for for that to come about. I think it has now, but are the Tories on top of it? Well, you know, the first thing they had to try and get this youth vote is um, George Freeman, one of the MPs. Um, he said that they should be a, what I think is a really weird type of Tory Glastonbury. Yes. <laughs> or actually, George, <laughs> George is a, a nice chap, and I'd definitely like to go to Glastonbury with him. Absolutely. I'm not sure about the Tory Glastonbury. Well, he called it a cross between um, Hay and Why and the Latitude Festival, which sounds <laughs> wild, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <I don't> know. <laughs> but that's not come off, and instead, presumably because Stormzy refused to headline the main stage, um, a group called Activators popped up instead. Um, so we're 11 days in on, on the day that we're recording here. Um, and it's supposed to be this grassroots Tory movement which mirrors momentum, you know, salt of the earth type stuff. Um, but it hasn't started off too well. Can I just point out that there's a problem with the name, isn't there? Well, there is a bit, yeah. Um, you know, I guess Activate is supposed to be motivating people to get involved, but it's really easy to uh, doctor, isn't it? <laughs> Every Momentum member has got a <laughs> Sharpie marker pen and is scrolling D's and E's. In Absolutely. Front of <laughs> it's so easy. Um, but so their uh, chairman is actually a West Sussex Tory councillor and he's been a campaign manager for the likes of Boris Johnson and Theresa May for a decade. So right. it's not... How old is he? Well, I couldn't possibly say. I don't know. Well, Looks young. I'm just, I, but he's I'm, not a young Tory. You could have been around for ten years, of course, and still be youthful, like yes. like myself. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> for longer than ten years. Um, but I just wondered if it, is it? It's not really grown from. Um, and I'm all for young people getting involved in politics. Yeah. For you know whatever party, really, maybe not all of them, but but certainly if there's if there's a young man out there who wants to be a Tory, then go for it. Absolutely. But. Sh- but this is not really grown organically from someone's back bedroom, has it? This no, absolutely not. It is a bit manufactured, um, and very much seems like it's been done a bit in a rush, a mm. bit in response to momentum. I mean, uh-huh. activate a very much against being called the Tory momentum. Funnily yeah. enough, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that is what they've uh, kind of been called, and it's all a bit cringy. So they did this launch on Twitter. It's actually a bit unclear whether it was them or not because they've had multiple issues with hackings. Um, and they used a super trendy cutting-edge meme. 
which is actually about 10 years old. <laughs> and I'm not even sure what a meme is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're not pretending to know what a meme is. That's true, that's true. So they use this meme, and it's a Star Wars meme. And Oh, I've heard of Star Wars. Well, there we go. But the problem is, is that the wonderful place that is the internet, and however horrible and nasty it can be, uh-huh. this meme is actually often used to um, insult and belittle transgender people. Right. So it wasn't a great start for no, them. No, Um and I'm not, uh, there is no, absolutely no kind of accusation that this was done on purpose, but it's just clumsy. Yes. It's very, very clumsy. Yes. Um, as was their Twitter handle, which yeah. was picked up uh, by Guido earlier, oh, sorry, last week. What is it? Uh, well, now it's at Activate Britain. Uh-huh. It was Activate underscore UK under, basically it had two underscores in it or something right. like that. And clumsy. It was clumsy. It like a yoghurt or something as well. And it had net on the end. It was like activate underscore UK underscore net as if it's 1995 like also. The, the information superhighway. That's it. <laughs> like the information superhighway, yes. Then to add some confusion, they changed the Twitter handle. The old one was hijacked and turned into a parody account and that's now calling for Jacob Rees-Mogg to be party leader. Ugh. Well, exactly. Activate say they were hacked by Momentum Activist. Momentum denies it. Oh, this is silly. It's really, really back and forth. But um, whoever is behind the parody account um, is having a bit of a laugh. So one of the tweets was a poll. And it asked which Urban Grime street act should play at Tory Glastonbury. Who would you have at Tory Glastonbury? Oh, I don't mind Stormzy, actually. But I'm I'm pretty sure after his comments recently about Theresa May at the GQ Man of the Year Awards, <laughs> although they were misheard by a lot of people on Twitter, that I don't think he'd be up for that. Well, um, your options were The Script, right, Radiohead, right. Mary Berry, Mary Berry. Um, and the winner, Elgar. Elgar? Yeah. Well, I, I yes. <laughs> None see. of those are grime artists, are they? Well, no, no. no. Um, but as funny as that side of it is, there is a more sinister side to it as well. Um, some WhatsApp screenshots have emerged which is an apparent whatsapp group between members of activate and they are joking about gassing and experimenting on chavs right um and then some more have actually emerged um this week as well that people seem to be mocking guests on jeremy kyle activate say that these screenshots aren't connected to the group it's really important to know and To be fair, they could quite easily be faked, yes. too. The other problem that these groups have, and, and Momentum... I spoke about this before on the pod. I, I, I've spoken to Momentum a few times. Super polite, yeah. really helpful press people. And what they get is, they get... You know, every grouping of people has yeah. people who are knobheads. Absolutely. And, of course they do. And, um, and Momentum has got plenty of knobheads, just like supporters of... Ipswich Town have yeah. got their knobhead quarter, and the same will be true here. It's the far edges of every group, isn't it, that yeah. kind of yeah. give it a bad name. But, you know, we're 11 days in, and it's not great PR for them, really. Um, what are they, I think the important thing, though, it, it's right, it's been uh, a shower of shit thus has. far. Let's be frank, Mr. Markwell. <laughs> Mr. Markwell, Mr. let's Markwell. be frank, it's not gone very well for you. But what they try- what are, what are they actually trying to achieve... Because it just seems like they've set up a Twitter account. That is kind of all they've done so far. On their website, they have got kind of a list, a detailed con- um, constitution and a code of ethics. But it's it's really closely aligned to conservative policy, which isn't surprising. No. They're a conservative yeah. um, youth group. Um, you know, they want to promote a global economic outlook and make a success of Brexit. But it's a bit, it's a bit worrying because 
you know, as we all know, YouGov say that 70% of 18 to 24-year-olds voted Remain. Obviously, not all those voters were Labour voters, and even if they were Leave voters, they possibly don't agree with the direction that the Conservatives are taking Brexit now. Mm. So... I suppose the young people who did vote Brexit, of course, um, and yeah, of they course. might want to be members of Activate. I think what would worry me would be, if you look at, if you go to young Labour fringe events or whatever, or you look at, they're, they're very concerned about, I think this is a point you, you're making, they're very concerned about those issues which affect the young. Yeah. Student uh, loans, getting on the housing ladder, that sort of thing. Have they addressed that kind of thing? Not really. It's very much kind of just, let's get everyone together and make this group and it does seem very much like a knee-jerk reaction to we're missing out on a slice of the pie that Momentum have got for Labour that we don't have so quick let's do something. They just seem to think that if you've got a social media presence young people will flock to you. Yeah it's a bit like your mum getting Twitter just to enter competitions. Tweet it and they will come. (laughs) Sorry mum. Um, But none of it is really making young people want to rally round you know to their local conservative club chanting Ooh, Andrea Ledsom. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not quite the same. But wouldn't that be brilliant? If oh, they did? scenes, absolute Ledsom. scenes. So, really, I think the big question about Activate is, what is their point? Yeah. And how representative of young Tories can they really be? Yes. When they're not seeming to focus on um, issues for the youth. Do we know how many? Tell us a bit about how you, bec- if any of our listeners want to become. Activate members, tell tell me what the criteria is and how much it's going to so, cost me. It's it's a bit difficult. There are fees. Um, you can pay between five and five hundred pounds. Right. Why did they cap it? Oh well, I don't know. I mean, I would have joined, but only if it was a grand. Well, you put in what you get out what you put into it, don't you? Really. <laughs> what do you get out of it then? Not much at the moment. Just membership. There's right. no clear cut kind of benefits to it. Um, they send you a card or what, a birthday card or something like that. Or oh, membership, membership card, card. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a birthday card as well. Maybe. What you the kind of reasons for joining it aren't clear so far. And to be fair to Activate, in their kind of most recent statement, they have said they haven't officially launched yet. Right. Um they did have they say said, that when they did their social media launch? Well, no. That has been since mm. um so, to be fair to them, there may be more coming, but at the moment, we're getting on for two weeks and it's kind of nothing there. You'd think you'd have all that in place before you launched sure. to save yourself a bit of embarrassment. You see, I think that there is a section of uh, of our young population who want to be involved in politics. Absolutely. And Labour and affiliated groups like the Fabians, Young Fabians, and mm-hmm. have, always, have always served that quite well. And, and I don't think get me wrong, Conservative Future, you know... They did bus people around the country, young people, to go canvassing. And that, you know, those people want to be involved in that. They yes. want to be doing that. It's not yeah. It's not that there aren't young Tories who want to get involved in politics. It's yeah. just, this isn't, this doesn't seem a very organised way of doing it. No, it's, it's a, I think, and I think, I know that the, the party, if, correct me if I'm wrong, the party have sort of distanced themselves now. They've said that um, they have no official links with the group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but th- there's obviously been some kind of role for for some... There is a, there is a thought process that's gone on absolutely. and allowed this to, to take place. Yes. And now, poor... I feel a bit sorry for Activate, frankly, and they've been sort of cast... They've done it too quickly, they've not yeah. fought it through, and now the party's turned their backs I on think them. the intention is good. Their intentions are good, but um, the kind of application has not gone so well. So, and of course, Momentum 
is a much is a huge organisation yeah. now, and um, and has done so much for the for the uh, Corbyn cause. But there has always been more of a, a an obvious affiliation with youth and the left wing. Of course, yeah. So maybe the Tories have always been lacking a little bit when it comes to that that youth vote. Yeah. But they're doing their they're doing their young people a bit of a disservice, we think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, whenever the next election's going to be, the young people are going to be really important again, like they were this last election. So if they're going to claw back a bit of the youth vote, then they need to kind of pull the socks off a bit. So our advice to <laughs> activate would be to relaunch. Yeah. <laughs> do, do a relaunch <laughs> and give us some youth policies and address Brexit really because yeah absolutely because you know that is the defining issue of our, I mean you know we're here doing this podcast but it is the defining issue of the generation and I really think it's something that they should be listening maybe they are but listening to their members on and finding out what they want rather than closely aligning themselves with Tory policy but maybe that is what their members want but I'm sure that will all become clear as the next few weeks roll on Fascinating stuff, Jerry. Thank you very much. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. Steve has joined me again. We're going to crown our Brexiteer of the Week. Steve. Honourable mention this week for Liam Fox. Uh, His admirers have let it be known that he has pulled off a a huge coup. Uh, It was described by one MP uh, who supported Liam Fox as a great opportunity to park the tanks on the EU's lawn. So what is this? Has he done one of those trade deals behind... uh, the EU's back as he, he as he managed have. to he must have done right yeah, yeah. He's gone, he's, Macron he's done a side deal with him or maybe yeah. with, with Angela Merkel it's not quite oh. that what he's done is he's signed a six month lease to put up a stand promoting British trade and he's going to put it in the Eurostar terminal in Brussels that'll ah. show him won't it ah. anyway Britain talking of Brussels Britain's EU negotiators there now if this was on the other on the other foot, we would never... The Express, the Sun, the Mail would not have stopped going on about this. Great piece in Politico at the weekend uh, where it was revealed that David Davis's team take minibuses from UK Rep, which is our embassy in Brussels, to the Berlaymont, which is where the European Commission is, the European Parliament is. Uh-huh. It's their, their HQ. How far away is that, do you well, think? Well, I imagine... If they're taking a minibus... Well, last time I took a minibus... It was in Huddersfield. It was it probably was, several years. It was a long time since I've been in a minibus, but it would be 25 miles at least. Yeah, surely. yeah. Well, it's nearly 25 miles. It's 300 metres. Right. So it's a four-minute walk that they are um, that they are avoiding. Um, wow. Well, that's interesting. So another case there of expending loads of energy without getting very far for and the... money, I imagine. ...British negotiators. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. it'll be a minimum fare... That's an oh, Addison yeah. Lee minibus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it's a minimum. Pounds. Yeah, exactly. Eleven pounds. It's two. Yeah. So and twice just, a day, it's twenty-two pound a day. Just for... imagine the soiling charges as well <laughs> after they've, after they've come back having been rinsed out by Barnier. Anyway, <laughs> Boris Johnson, final honourable mention of the week. This is a great story from the Times Diary. It's, it's not current. It's from when he was the editor of the Spectator, but it does show his outstanding. Uh, gifts for tact and diplomacy 
when he was the editor of The Spectator, he was at a lunch, he was introduced to the Armenian ambassador. What could go wrong? We say, And Boris bowled up to him and he said, oh, my great-granddad worked for the last Ottoman sultan. Did they have anything to do with Armenia? To which the ambassador replied, yes, they massacred thousands of our people. And it didn't go, it went downhill from there, I think. Yes. Brexiteer of the week, no surprise, Nigel Farage, nicotine-stained man-frog, t- an idiot. He was on Sky News when uh, the word broke that the Duchess of Cambridge was pregnant again. Kate Middleton, pregnant again. He was asked for a comment. He said it was a happy piece of news which would make a change from the whinging of all these ghastly Ramonas. Yes, well, uh, we should probably congratulate our young princess. We should. Congratulations. We should. It's great. She must, I imagine they listen. I think they're keen listeners. I imagine they as, as, as a lot of people have noted on social media, it is good because paternity, and she will get time off while the World, World Cup is on. So mm. it's, a, it's a, a win-win, isn't it? They timed um, that perfectly. They have timed it perfectly. I wonder if he'll be able to get tickets. You never know, do you? Uh, but anyway, Farage, uh, it's weird, isn't it? He's all talking about whinging Ramona's when he was actually on Sky News to whinge about the progress of this. <laughs> so... Just in case Wills and Kate have forgotten what it's like and they cannot wait until 2018, March of 2018, to hear a child screaming and wailing uh, until it gets what it wants, the Nigel Farage show is on LBC every Sunday from 10am. Perfect. We've got some listeners' tweets, haven't we? Now, we've had nearly 200 social media messages in response to... Last week we asked you what song Brexit reminded you of and we had some great responses there. Give me one. I can't remember anything. <laughs> we had various Road to Hell, Road to Nowhere. Very, they're really good. This week, an even bigger response when we asked you to name uh, a movie that reminded you of Brexit. Most popular choices: Apocalypse Now, Dumb and Dumber, Titanic. Right? All is Lost. I thought was a good one. Philip Martin. Theresa, that was Theresa May in Robert Redford's role. Yeah, I'd like that. That'd be good. Uh, that was from Ruhelos Siegel. Real name. Possibly, is, is probably his real name. Philip Martin said Idiocracy. Is that, I don't know that film. It's, a, it's very funny, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jackie Westcott, Fantasia. Ah. Got any more? Yes. Um, Mark J. Bunting, Living in Oblivion. That's a great film too. I've not seen that either. Uh, somebody called Veronica said The Grifters. Alberto Zamora said Clueless. I like Henry Wilkinson's The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, that is good. And uh, Tad Voroniki, Little Voice, is good. Dawn Bond, this is one of my favourite films on this list, Melancholia, which obviously... It is a good film. If you've not seen that, it is about um, people becoming very, very sad and and then the world blowing up. So completely... Different to what is going on at the moment. A real, real escape there. For I like you. Oliver Mason's Despicable May. Despicable May. That was good. He, he's a, Oliver Mason is a bit of a punster, isn't he? Because he also went for the fanatic Mr. Fox. Ah, get him which, in, he can write some headlines. Which I thought was good. And then, on a similar tip, Billy Ruffian said the bonfire of the sanities, which is which is good. That's also puntastic. It is puntastic, yeah. Can I say that we had quite a few of these that were people who'd sort of explained, they'd shown their workings, 
Richard Baxel said the Italian job, everyone drives around in a Union Jack Mini before falling off a cliff. Simon Hewison said 127 Hours, which, um, which was uh, a really good film. A poorly prepared adventure uh, in which we get stuck and have to saw our own arm off with a pocket knife to survive. Mike Wrigley said The Wicker Man. Nigel Farage goes in, something, in search of something that never existed and ends up getting burned, uh, which is a great film. Uh, and Tony Price said Lost in Translation, uh, mostly for the title, but David Davis might as well be in Tokyo drinking in a hotel restaurant for all the UCs in the negotiations with Barnier. I, I, I like Lost in Translation. I'm slightly worried about the image of David Davis Ruined that film for me. in in a pair of see-through knickers um, <laughs> at the start. I would, I do, I don't want to see that. At nice tinfoil hat um, said the long goodbye. And last week we did a few of my favourite things on the list. The, long, the film version of the long goodbye, the Robert Altman version with Elliot Gould, 1973, is is my favourite all-time favourite film. So thank you, at nice tinfoil hat. Great. Well, we'll probably put something else out next week for you to uh, get in touch with us on. We really should say a little thank you, I think, to uh, the listeners, too, because we, we get figures back every week, and they go up and up every week. Yes. And we also find out where you guys are, where you're listening. And it seems we've got we've got a big following in London and Manchester yeah. and the obvious places, and then... Um, Not that many in Clacton and Skegness. Yet to break Clacton, but we're working on it. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're also big in Hanut. We are big in Hannet, yes. Where's Hannet? I believe it's is it in is it in the Walloon? It is. <laughs> it is in the Walloon. Now there's two there's there's two things here. Yeah. Either where those is where wa- it, yeah. Walloonians? Yeah, the, yeah. Are, are plotting to f- try and foil any future trade deal like they did between Canada yeah. and the EU. Yeah, yeah. Or they just really like the pod. Yeah. Well, we like Hannet. Yes, we do. Maybe we should take the pod to Hannet and say hello to our 214 listeners there. Live in Hannet. Live and exclusive in Hannet. Yes. So that that's good. That would be good. But seriously, massive thanks. Thanks very much for listening. Okay, Steve. See you in Hannet. Yeah, I'll be there. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't already, go out and buy the paper. There is lots and lots of good stuff in this week. It's not just Brexit and politics. There is more than 30 pages of culture, arts, fashion, food, all kinds of great stuff. Also, leave us a comment on iTunes, subscribe to the pod. Until next week, I'm Richard Porritt. Goodbye. Led some for leader. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.